0: I am your humble host, Brooks Austin, and as always, I'm coming to you live from the beautiful Atlanta, Georgia, and I got my boy, Sarah Benninger, on the other end. Sarah, how we doing today, brother?
2: Oh, doing great, man, doing awesome, watching the uh, Denver Broncos play a little preseason football, so you know it's a good day.
0: No, it's always a good day when Sarah Bettinger gets to watch a little Bronco football, <laughs> uh, even if, uh, you know, it is preseason, but nonetheless, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, tonight because I know how important it is for you to watch your beloved Broncos but hey man down 17 to 9 against the San Francisco 49ers midway through the third quarter is there really any reason to watch that football game at this point for you sir
2: you know evaluating all the different players I'm one of those people who I really love the just just the bottom of the roster guys you know they're there's a chance for everybody to make the team, and so I, that's one of the reasons I, I think I mentioned it maybe before on the podcast. I just love I love preseason football for that reason. you know you get to see these guys. this might be their only shot at the NFL and although it doesn't have the same type of competitive drama as regular season football, you know this uh, this action on the field here sure beats Antonio Brown's helmet saga, so I'll, I'll take it.
0: No, I feel you. And I mean, one thing is for sure for Broncos fans, I know you enjoyed watching Emmanuel Sanders on that Mm end-around run at the first possession today. Uh, Maybe a little resurgence from him this year following the Achilles tear last season. But, uh, you know, that's enough of the Broncos' love as for now. Uh, We got some news to hit on before we get into tonight's show. What we're going to do tonight, guys, is we're going to go through the first 32 picks from this year's first round of the NFL draft and just kind of give you one quick blanket statement about how uh, these guys are doing so far into camp leading into their rookie years. Uh, and but before we do that we got to get into uh, the news obviously then we're going to give four standout rookies two uh, each a piece there, two from me and two from Sarah. But you know we got to start with the biggest news in the NFL Sarah, and it has to be daniel jones man another big night for Mm -hmm. him 11 for 14 the other night uh sarah i know you really had uh some opinions that you texted me what were your thoughts on daniel jones's second preseason appearance my man
2: yeah i mean it wasn't uh it wasn't perfect literally like his first i think his first game i don't think he had any incomplete passes so it wasn't literally perfect but it was really really good and i think that the my favorite thing from this, and I wrote this in a post on NFLMocks.com. So if you go, if you go onto the site, I know there's a lot of articles that kind of bury these in. So just go ahead and search Daniel Jones' name in there. But I think the biggest thing that I saw from him was how he came back from adversity. You know, he made a couple of nice rhythm throws to start off the game, and uh, and then he had two fumbles. And after those two fumbles. He come back and, and just dropping dimes to these receivers. And I love to see that, man. I love, and I, and he wasn't just, you know, throwing these rinky dink little passes. He was making some really nice throws downfield, uh, really impressive touchdown pass. He's put, a, he's put some really nice air under the ball. Very underrated trade of his, uh, from at least down the stretch last year at Duke. I know he didn't always do it consistently. But he does a really good job of making accurate throws deep downfield and and throwing a really catchable ball. So I was impressed, man. I I came away feeling like man the Giants have to be really confident if if they don't like what they're seeing from Eli Manning you know at least Jones is going to be able to go out there and hit spots because I think that's what he was doing that's what he's been doing the best over two games of evaluating you know you're seeing a guy with timing um, he's he's throwing an accurate ball he's throwing a catchable ball and he's fitting the ball into really tight windows so I think for the for the Daniel Jones haters out there man he's really making people eat some humble pie I know it's preseason play but you have to evaluate it in that vacuum and so I don't know man what are your thoughts are you seeing the same thing as me are you seeing the guy who's really shutting up the haters or you think the jury's still out
0: man what I've seen so far through you know just the limited sets of snaps we've seen from Daniel Jones in preseason I see a guy who's an elite decision maker right I mean I don't I don't think he makes very bad decisions in the pocket Um, you know the two fumbles I didn't have a chance to see this past weekend, um, but what I will tell you is, you know, what he feels pressure really well. He knows where his hots are. He knows where his checkdowns are already in that offense, which like we talked about with Kyler Murray, right? There is something there is some credit to be given when these young quarterbacks have full depth and full knowledge of these offenses. Knowing where your hots are, knowing where your protection is, uh, you know, accounting for protection and blitz pickup and all that kind of stuff is super important for these young quarterbacks. And, Sarah, we also have talked about it and hit on it a little bit last, you know, couple episodes that these defenses are pretty much just playing an all-out type of defense. They're either sending the house or playing relatively basic coverages right now. So, yeah, you do want to see guys have full knowledge of the offense and be able to make all the throws on the football field. And we've seen that from Daniel Jones. We've seen him hit, uh, you know, Golden Tate on quick slants. We've seen him make – the cover two hole throw down the, the sideline. We've seen him make pretty much every throw uh, a tight window throw on that flag route he threw for a touchdown, his first touchdown uh, in preseason there in game one. So we've seen him make all the throws, but more importantly, like I said, Sarah, I'm really impressed with the young man's decision-making, uh, You know, getting rid of the ball when he's got to, not taking unnecessary sacks. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, th- I think he's shutting up some haters early on in his NFL career, man, and I like to see that for a guy – who really got ragged on? Some bad news uh, for some fan bases, and, and one guy in particular, Derwin James, Sarah's out three months uh, for a foot surgery that, uh, you know, an injury that we, we got last over the weekend. Um, so, not very, good, not very many much good news there for the LA Chargers. Uh, a very impactful football player now out for three months. What are your kind of thoughts? On you know what the LA Chargers do here now, and uh, just kind of give the folks what you think that means for that defense, how big of a loss that is.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely a huge loss. The uh, I think Derwin James, I'm I'm not afraid to say, he's the Chargers' best defensive player as of last year I mean obviously he doesn't have the same type of body of work as a guy like Melvin Ingram or Joey Bosa even who's struggled through some injuries but man I mean I don't think it's unfair to say he's their best defensive player and he's arguably the best defensive back in at least the AFC Uh, and so I I don't know man it's it's a tough tough spot for them they were they have a deep secondary, which is great for the Chargers, and I think the Nasir Adderley pick is is feeling pretty darn good right about now if you're the Chargers, and so they have depth there. They draft well. They seem to be developing defensive backs really well. So with Nasir Adderley, even coming from a small school, playing in that talented of a defense, kind of leading the back end, he's an instinctual player. He's a guy who can... Who can come in and make an impact right away for them, and so they're obviously going to need it desperately now. And I think what really, what really you're you're going to see now is the difference between what a guy like Nasir Adderley brings to the table and what a guy like Derwin James brings to the table. Because as although you have a guy back there and a, and a high draft pick at that who can fill a spot, you're talking about a top five talent in Derwin James. Who it, it'd be like any other team losing their best defensive player. And so I just think I, I think that the Man, if you're the, if you're the Chargers, how bad could things get at this point? I mean, they're usually a team who struggles with injuries, which is not a good thing to be known for. But then you've got the, um, the Melvin Gordon holdout on top of all, all these different things. And it's just unfortunate to see, man, it, it could be, it could have been a banner year for them and the Super Bowl contending team. And Philip Rivers kind of in the the final stretch of his NFL career, I think. So, man, it's it's tough. But at least they have some pieces. But it's getting – things are wearing pretty thin for the Chargers. It's one hit, one knock after another, it feels like.
0: No, it definitely is. And let me ask you this here. Uh, an L.A. Chargers team that went 12-4 and four last season. Presumably, let's just take Melvin Gordon off the roster. Let's say he holds out all year like some suspect he will. And you know, you, you you miss probably four to five, maybe six games of Derwin James. What what type of step back do you think the LA Chargers take this year because of uh, you know, losses like that, which I think are two of their three best players. Would you agree?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely I do. I think I think they still have enough talent to to push past teams, especially bad teams. I think that they'll uh, I think they'll have enough talent even to stay stay close in in games against really tough teams but at the same time those injuries are injuries that wear on you as the season goes along and so if and then you know we haven't even we haven't even got to the point where Nick Bosa's availability could become a question, you know, because that seems to be a thing every single year. It's it's almost more of a safe bet to bank on him missing some time than than not. And so and you don't ever want to wish injury on anybody, of course. But at the same time, you gotta you gotta be realistic. You gotta understand what happens. And so I I think the Chargers have enough talent to be able to to sustain but man it's going to be tough they're they're on thin ice at this point they were they were skating wild and free and 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 just having a great off season and then all of a sudden one thing after another I mean it just starts to pile up and so it's it's got to be tough for them and their fan base they just it doesn't seem like they can get into a regular season with all systems go and we know this team is notorious for starting slow so this definitely doesn't help no
0: All right, so, Sarah, I think we can kind of cut the Antonio uh, Brown segment here a little short. We spent a lot of time on him uh, a couple episodes back. He will be returning to practice. He's back in Oakland today. Uh, All things seem to be resolved after Mike Mayock came out there and gave that ultimatum, if you will, that he's either all in or all out. So, hopefully this is all settled and done with Sarah. Do you have any, you know, final remarks before we put the Antonio Brown thing to bed.
2: I wish I wish we could just officially put it to bed, but, man, it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's tough for the Raiders. Happen. That's that's brutal. <clears throat> All right.
0: Let's get into these four standout rookies there. I'll give you my first one, a guy who I think is going to make a drastic impact for the team that drafted him this year is Cody Ford, the offensive lineman out of Oklahoma there to Buffalo, a second-round draft pick. And he's already played almost every position uh, in the preseason for Buffalo. He started at right tackle uh, in the first game. And by the second when the twos rolled in, he bumped down to guard. Uh, This is a guy who I think is going to play early and often for Buffalo. And he's going to play well. He's looked good so far in preseason. and, And he's definitely adjusted to the speed of the game. Certainly has all the size in the world to be playing uh, in the NFL. So Cody Ford, a name that, you know, maybe not a lot of people are thinking about when they think about an impact and a standout rookie. Uh, but he's a guy who's going to get a majority sharehold of snaps up there in Buffalo. You know, even though they signed a, a buttload of guys this off season to come in and, and compete for spots there on that offensive line, seemingly bringing in an entire new unit. Uh, Cody Ford is a guy that they would, will definitely be putting in the mix there whether it be a tackle or guard i think he's going to play really really well at the nfl level that's my first impact rookie and kind of a guy that was probably unexpected to be on this list who's a guy you're looking forward to knowing that's going to stand out this year in their rookie year sir
2: yeah i'll uh, i'll ask you a quick question who do you think in preseason play leads the entire nfl uh, in sacks and total pressures on the quarterback on the defensive side of the ball
0: That's really tough. There's a lot of names in preseason. There's a lot of names. Go ahead and hit me with it.
2: All right, I'm going to hit you with Chase Winovich for the New England Patriots. Check this out, man. Twelve total pressures in the preseason, three sacks, uh, eight hurries on the quarterback, and he's credited for seven stops in the running game. And, again, if you haven't listened to the show before or or if you don't know what that means, Pro Football Focus calculates a stop as a – uh, run for no gain or a loss. So the, the guy is flying all over the field, and, and if I just click on his profile here, one of the most interesting things, I think, is how quickly Winovich has been able to play multiple positions on Bill Belichick's defense, and, and he's got to be pleased with that. We know Bill Belichick loves him a Swiss Army knife, but catch this. Pro Football Focus lists him as playing uh, on the D-line, 68 plays, 53 of those at left outside linebacker, 15 at right outside linebacker, three as a box linebacker, two at, or three at inside linebacker, three at slot corner, and, and he's just all over the place playing special teams, playing on field goal block. He's played 93 total snaps in two games, and it looks like he's going to be Bill Belichick's secret weapon this season. Man, the Patriots, they just they, they seem to get these guys and Winovich was a steal in the third round, of course. So he's standing out big time through through the first two preseason games.
0: Yes, sir. I'm still relatively mad at the rest of the general managers in the NFL for allowing Chase Winovich, who everyone's saying uh, leading up into the draft that he was, you know, a picture perfect New England Patriot and, and let, let alone he falls I think right there at 81, right? In the third Mm -hmm, round, pick mm -hmm. 81. 77, actually. Just 77, so I'm four slots off. But just absolutely insane uh, for a guy who, like we said, is a pitcher perfect New England pitcher for all those reasons, right? We talked about him coming out of college, how he played with his hair on fire, that beautiful blonde mane. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. to mention, he's a white defensive end, right? We always correlate (laughs) the white, smart defensive ends for some reason with New England. But, uh, You know, a guy who definitely fits their scheme perfect. And he's, like you said, going to play all over the field because he's already picking up the defensive playbook there in New England. My second guy, Sarah, has got to be Garrett Bradbury. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But, man, just a guy who's going to dominate there at the center position for Minnesota for quite a long time. And it's something they definitely needed because Pat Elfline – You know, though he was drafted out of Ohio State to play center and looked fairly decent his rookie year, last year he took a major step back, and they definitely needed to replace him. They bumped him to left guard. He seems to be a little more comfortable there. You know, not as much responsibility, not as much uh, one-on-one opportunities against nose tackles, so he'll get a little more help. Won't be on so much of an island. There at the left guard position, so it's it's a, it's an all in all a good thing for the Minnesota Vikings. Garrett Bradbury will be an impact rookie this year. No shocker there, though. Brooks Austin going with two offensive linemen. Sarah, who's your second guy?
2: Mm, that's huge for the Vikings too. I I got to go with Ryan Finley. I know we already talked about Daniel Jones. He would be my other guy here, but Ryan Finley of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I really really had low expectations for Finley coming out. I mean, he looked like. A decent system backup spot starter coming out of college, and that may very well uh, that that could be what he ends up being. But at the same time, you got to give credit where it's due. He came out in the Bengals' most recent preseason game, and he was just lights out. He completed twenty of his twenty six passes for one hundred sixty one yards and and two touchdowns. And he just looked phenomenal. He even got Drew Sample involved in things. And so I really liked what I saw from Finley, just accuracy, um, beating zone coverage, putting the ball in the right spot, getting the ball downfield, making plays on third down. It was exactly what you would want to see if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and, and hoping that you have a guy who could potentially come in. And, and start for you if needed. So, I really like what he did in this most recent game specifically, but I think he's got something to build off of and he's given the Bengals something to think about in case the season goes downhill quickly. All
0: right, there's our four you know, standout rookies so far during this year's preseason. Uh, football games but we got our first round recap here we're gonna go real quick here we're gonna line them up and blow them down uh, no no comments from the peanut gallery none of that we're just gonna go Sarah's got odds I got evens we're gonna be a sinister to a piece here on each of these guys let's get through them Sarah we're already 18 minutes into this podcast let's get the folks out of here and happy tonight. Uh, we'll start with you, number one overall, Kyler Murray to the Arizona Cardinals. What do you
2: got? Yeah, number one overall, Kyler Murray. I'd say solid in his first game. Welcome to the NFL in the second. And how are you going to respond for game number three?
0: I love it. I got Nick Bosa there with the 49ers, and I got a little alliterations here for you. Bosa boys are bound to be back on the IR. Look, it's at this point, it's looking like a, a family trend. It seems like Nick and Joey – Just can't seem to stay healthy. Nick had the core muscle injury last season and now he's out with an ankle injury. Just something to be aware of. Both extremely talented, but both very injury prone. Go
2: ahead, number three. Yeah, Quinnen Williams of the New York Jets. As explosive as advertised, no other explanation needed. Dude looks good.
0: All right, number four, Cleveland Farrell. Clearly, Cleveland is a cultural captain. Say that five times. High effort, (laughs) high motor. But he will forever be tied to this draft position right here at number four. Extremely hard for this young man to live up to the expectations that come with that number four overall draft pick. Last episode, we talked about them playing him at three technique in pressure pass rushing scenarios. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, we got number five overall pick, Devin White of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two assisted tackles so far. Where are you at, Devin? I want to see more from this guy, this big-time star out of LSU.
0: I got you. A little quiet in his first two Mm -hmm. games there. Number six, Daniel Jones to the New York Giants. Daniel dropping dimes delivers Dave Gettleman from the dungeon in New York. Mm. Look, Dave Gettleman was made fun of all offseason for the moves and decisions he made. Dave Gettleman paying off right here with the selection, of Daniel Jones. Looking good through two starts in the preseason.
2: I've got number seven overall. Jacksonville Jaguars took Josh Allen. Big time steal in the draft. Nice hit on Carson Wentz in the last game. But like we talked about on the last podcast, can't wait to see him with more reps. That was my note on Josh Allen. uh, And and I really can't wait to see it because I know what he did as the games wore on at Kentucky. Big time playmaker, late in games, pass rush uh, ability for days. And he's going to be fun, man. Yeah, I love it right there. All right, number
0: eight. And what a value pick right there for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm -hmm. Everything seemed to fall their way with their first two draft picks. Uh, Even their third, Josh Oliver, they needed a tight end there, and they fell to him right there in the third round. All right, I got number eight, T.J. Hawkinson, obviously, to the Detroit Lions. Uh, I think alliterations for H's have to be the hardest in the English language, Um, (laughs) so I'll just save it. Um, I think T.J. Hawkinson will just kind of have an okay season this year. You're going to have to deal with Jesse James in that depth chart battle there. Uh, And I think it's a season, you know, he's a season or two from really jumping onto the scene there. Um, But, you know, it'll be there. It'll come around for TJ Hawkinson. Who you got, Fred Oliver?
2: i got ed oliver man i can see the signs my man i can see the signs of what you've got coming uh and and this guy is gonna be a player that's what i wrote down this guy's gonna be a player he had a nice pass deflection at the line of scrimmage last game i know uh we both like ed oliver i think he's gonna be a stud for a long time
0: yeah love me some ed oliver i think uh you know my my very first piece i wrote for nfl Mox was about old ed oliver so um We know we're a big fan of him here on the podcast. All right, number 10, Devin Bush to the Steelers. I think Bush brings back the badass Steelers. This franchise needed to fill a void badly uh, there at the middle linebacker position with the loss of Ryan Shazier. And I think they did so perfectly by trading up and getting the linebacker out of Michigan. Brings a real tough nose edge to this defense that they needed again.
2: I've got the number eleven overall pick, Jonah Williams of the Cincinnati Bengals. Say it with me. You hate to see it. Uh man, out for the season, and the Bengals, it could not have come at a worse position for the Bengals. They stink at at, on the offensive line, and uh this guy was supposed to start at left tackle, so you hate to see it.
0: You do hate to see it. Number 12, (laughs) Rashawn Gary, the defensive end out of Michigan. Uh, drafted by the Packers there. The depth chart is looking a little Gary in Green Bay. (laughs) I just don't know how much playing time there will be available, Uh, like we talked about on last show with Preston and Zadarius Smith on the roster there in uh, Green Bay. But we'll kind of see what they choose to do with their first-round draft pick in Rashawn Gary. Uh, But like I told you, I think it's going to be limited snap counts here in his first season.
2: I've got Christian Wilkins, the 13th overall pick to the Miami Dolphins, like we talked about before he was after he was drafted, right after he was drafted. This guy's a culture setter, a culture creator, and he's picking up right where he left off at Clemson for the Dolphins, making quite a few plays for the for the Finns in preseason play. So loving what I'm seeing so far.
0: Yeah, one thing, and there's a sidebar. We said we weren't going to do any comments here, but one thing I just love that I keep hearing about all the Clemson football players is that they are cultural, you know, leaders within their locker room. Mm. And I I just wonder how you know positive that locker room environment was with all those guys on a singular roster there in Clemson. I mean, could you imagine when it had Deshaun mm. Watson even on there? So many alphas. Uh, in that locker room for all of them to come out and be ready to lead at the NFL level is rather impressive. And I think it says a lot about Dabo Sweeney and that coaching staff. But on to number 14, Chris Lindstrom to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm living LaVita Lindstrom, sir. I'm telling you, man, I wasn't a huge, I wasn't a huge Lindstrom guy coming out of Boston College. But after watching him in his first couple of preseason games, he is absolutely no doubt. A starting guard in the NFL and will be so for quite a while. So I'm living Levito Lindstrom. How about that?
2: On the I love 15th, here. What do you got? I love it, man. I should have thought of some clever, like newspaper-style headlines for these. Um, I've got Heck Jeffrey. Yeah. Sim- yeah, I know you're doing a good job with that. I got Jeffrey Simmons here. My line on Jeffrey Simmons, the the first round draft pick of the Tennessee Titans, is not worried about him at Whoa. all. What's
0: we it? just skipped a bunch. We were at fourteen. How'd you get to nineteen?
2: Oh, did I skip some? Dude, I did. I totally skipped. Yeah,
0: you're at we're at Dwayne Haskins right there at fifteen. Dang,
2: to dude. You're I good? totally skipped it. I wanted I wanted to talk so much about Jeffrey Simmons that I skipped over mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins. Okay, I actually have a really good one for Dwayne Haskins. Washington Redskins first round pick. Um, You take the good, you take the bad, you've got Jay Gruden's job right in your hands. So I did a little rhyme right there on that one. I think Dwayne Haskins has to play... For the Washington Redskins not only in order for them to actually be competitive this year but for Jay Gruden to really even keep his job they have to show signs of improvement with Haskins at the QB otherwise it's going to be a year of turmoil at the end of this season for Washington you're gonna have a fired coach you're gonna have a young quarterback transitioning offenses then you take the good and you take the bad and you just get this guy out on the field as quickly as possible
0: yeah, Dwayne Haskins and Jay Gruden in a pretty interesting situation there uh, in Washington where you got the owner whose guy is Dwayne Haskins. That's the draft pick he wanted. Jay Gruden didn't necessarily want to take Dwayne Haskins there at 15, so a pretty bit of a stand a pretty big standoff going on there in Washington. And like you said, I think Jay Gruden's job is certainly on the line. I've got number 16 there, the 16th overall pick, Brian Burns to the Carolina Panthers. And Sarah, I truly believe the best of Brian Burns beats the best of anyone else in this draft. The absolute ceiling of Brian Burns is the highest of all these players in my mind. And I'm really here for the defensive scheme change in Carolina as well. And I am here for Brian Burns. Finally coming around to the idea of Brian Burns playing uh, you know, a little bit in space and also rushing the passer. I like what the young man presents just in terms of physical attributes there.
2: Yeah, I like it. I really like that. Uh, I've got Dexter Lawrence, the first-round draft pick, the second first-round draft pick of the New York Giants. I've got just one question. Where are you at, Dex? He's got 19 snaps in two games, hasn't done a single thing statistically. I know that's not everything, especially for a nose tackle defensively. But at the same time, you're a first round pick known for being able to penetrate, make plays behind the line of scrimmage. So I want to see it, man. I want to see some of that Dexter Lawrence that I loved watching at Clemson.
0: Yeah, this was the only guy from that Clemson group that we don't hear massive leadership, uh, you know, you know, ties to. We don't hear that the the Dexter Lawrence is mentioned. Uh, in that cultural captain, if you will, coming out of Clemson. So I've got Garrett Bradbury, uh, number 18 overall to the Minnesota Vikings. And, Sarah, Bradbury makes Baldy's breakdowns, baby. I don't know if you saw it, <laughs> but it was it on NFL.com. Bradbury made Baldy's breakdowns. I know we love us some uh, Baldinger breakdowns, and I thought I really did think James Daniel out of Iowa reached three techs. Uh, pretty quickly, but Bradbury makes him look rather slow, which is pretty impressive. I really love James Daniel coming out of Iowa last year and watching Bradbury's film even now in the NFL. He's still running down three techniques on, a, on outside zone reach blocks, which is incredible and very, very impressive for those of you who don't know what that means. Man, I'm sorry for you. You just don't get off to linemen like I do. What do you got, Sarah?
2: I know you love linemen. Man, I guess I've been waiting to talk about this guy for For a long time, because I tried to substitute him for two other first-round picks, but Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, a first-round pick of the Tennessee Titans. Look, the Titans got a talented defense already. I'm not worried about Jeffrey Simmons. Guys come back from ACLs all the time anymore these days, so get healthy and let her rip. This guy's a top-ten talent, and I think the Titans got themselves a nice steal, so I can't wait to see him back on the field.
0: Yeah, an absolute disruptor. On the defensive end, I've got number twenty overall, Noah Fant, the draft pick out of out out of Iowa, the second tight end drafted uh, in the first round this past year from Iowa. Uh, no alliterations here. Noah Fant, hot take is the dark horse for offensive rookie mm. of the year, uh, in my opinion. Joe Flacco loves him some tight ends, and for my money, sir, Noah Fant is the best tight end on roster by far in Denver. I think he gets up, you know, a good share. Of work this season I love me some Noah fan, A little bit of a dark horse For offensive rookie of the year How about
2: that mm, mm, You know that's music to my ears And we don't even have to sound the horn Because I didn't say it but, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving it. I've got uh, Darnell Savage, kind of a surprise first-round pick for the Green Bay Packers at the safety position. Only one catch allowed so far in two preseason games. But I need give me some more action for this guy. That's the note that I've got down. Give me some more action. He's only got like 30-some snaps in two games, I think. So give me some more action for Darnell Savage. I want to see that speed. I want to see him playing up close to the line. I want to see him blitzing. I want to see him doing some crazy stuff out there because this guy is an athlete athletic freak so get him out there and let the weapon do what weapons do
0: Andre Dillard the 22nd overall pick to the Philadelphia Eagles Sarah there's progressive there's state farm there's Aflac and then there's the general but the best insurance policy in the world is Andre Dillard Jason Peters is 37 years old at this point going into his 16th season in the NFL and they've got the best backup left tackle in the country or, you know, excuse me, in the league, in my opinion, in Andre Dillard. This is a guy who would be starting for 31 of 32 NFL football teams. It just so happens that he's sitting behind two tackles there in Philadelphia that are really, really good.
2: Yeah, that's definitely. And to add injury to insult, I've got the next pick here, Titus Howard of the Houston Texans. Big-time shocker of a first-round pick. Heard all along. The Texans were looking to potentially be a team to move up for a guy like Andre Dillard. And in hindsight, they really should have done that. Titus Howard playing left guard when the Texans desperately needed a left tackle. And now he's hurt. I think he broke his finger or broke his thumb or something like that. So... My goodness, I mean adding injury to insult for the Texans here just not a good not a good situation for them hopefully hopefully Howard turns out to be a great player it's obviously out of his control where he was selected in the draft but Houston just just a dumb choice they could have moved up with any any of the teams in front of them, it seems like and gotten uh, Dillard so I just hate you hate to see it.
0: Absolutely hate to see it. 24 overall, Josh Jacobs, the running back at Alabama, to the Oakland Raiders. The only thing I've got for Josh Jacobs at this point is he is an absolute must-have fantasy option. Uh, If you're looking for, you know, a a tailback coming off the board in the mid to late third rounds of your fantasy drafts, this is a guy to target. uh, No doubt about it. He's going to get all the share and the workload there in Oakland. So, you know, not necessarily a comment about the talent of Josh Jacobs, but just more about the, the comment about the workload. So Josh Jacobs must have fantasy option. That's all I got.
2: Uh, absolutely. Agreed on that one. He's going to get lots of carries. I've got Hollywood Brown, the 25th overall pick in the first round of this year's NFL draft. Obviously, we haven't seen anything from him yet, but I can see the creativity in Baltimore's offense. When I mentioned another Baldy's breakdown, they were breaking down some Lamar Jackson stuff on Baldy's breakdown. And you can see the creativity and how Baltimore is going to get him involved in there and get when his speed is out there, man, he's going to change the dynamic for that entire offense with their misdirection. Jet sweeps, playing deep downfield, he's going to be able to do a lot of things to keep that offense on schedule and, and humming. So I'm excited to see what he can do. You can see the creativity in play and at work.
0: Yeah, so I've got Montez Sweat, the 26th overall draft pick. Defensive end out of Minnesota, or Minnesota State, Mississippi State, there to the Washington Redskins. Sweat had his first start. Uh, It's rather underwhelming, if you will. Uh, He's struggling with a calf injury coming back from that that he suffered earlier in camp. So, story not yet set here for Montez Sweat. But again, a guy like Brian Burns, in my opinion, that has an extremely high ceiling. But the floor may not be relatively high, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you don't really know what you're going to get here. I think this is – you hate to call a guy boom or bust without even seeing a regular season start, but I think that's kind of what we're looking at here with Montez Sweat. He's got the body and, the, you know, the makeup of a Julius Peppers, but will it happen? Will it all come together? That's just something we'll have to, you know, wait and see.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've got Jonathan Abram here, one of the first-round picks, the the third of three first-round picks for the Oakland Raiders, and I think what you saw at Mississippi State is what you're going to get from this guy. He plays with his hair on fire sideline to sideline. He's making plays all over the field, and the Raiders are going to love this guy. What what Antonio Brown has done, you're going to get the exact opposite from Jonathan Abram, probably for his entire NFL career. So... They're going to love this guy in Oakland and Las Vegas next year.
0: Yeah, not a lot of drama coming out of the Abram camp. I've got Jerry Tillery, the defensive lineman out of Notre Dame, there at the 28th overall pick by the L.A. Chargers. For me, Sarah, it's as good as you gets, or as good as it gets for the Chargers at the 28th overall pick. I don't think – They had a better option at interior defensive line. We talked all the way leading up to the draft about how much they needed a big body on the interior of that defense, and they don't get much bigger than Jerry Tillery, right? He's Mm 6'7", 295 pounds, uh, and he's a fairly athletic young man there out of Notre Dame. So I like the pick there with the Chargers, and he's played very, very well early on in preseason.
2: Yeah, I've got L.J. Collier, the Seattle Seahawks first-round draft pick. I think that the one thing that I have for him, his presence is going to be missed. That Seattle team is young. They've gutted that defense from what it was back in the glory days in 2013 for the for probably a five-year stretch right there. So it's been gutted, and he was obviously selected after they traded uh, they traded Frank Clark away. So they expected pretty much the same thing from Collier. So I think his presence will be missed.
0: For sure. I've got DeAndre Baker at the 30th overall pick. The Giants traded back into the back into the first round to take the corner back out of Georgia. And Sarah I got a joke for you. Are you ready?
2: All right, hit me, hit me.
0: I know a red-headed Baker. I call him the gingerbread man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it took you a second to get it. That's him. good. Um, that's but good. all jokes aside, uh, DeAndre is someone that has dominant traits at the cornerback position, right? He's like 6'2 about 200 pounds, real long arms, and a sticky corner. But if I were going to say a bad thing about the Georgia uh, native, um, you know, he's a little bit sticky. I think he's going to maybe potentially lead the league in P.I. calls his rookie year. I really think there's an option for that to happen, real handsy corner, so that's something he's going to have to get out of his game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've got Caleb McGarry, the 31st overall pick. Obviously got a hard issue keeping him off the field right now, but the Falcons have high hopes, high expectations for him. So hopefully he can get well, man, and get on the field. That's what I've got down for him. Get well, get on the field, and uh, that hopefully that comes sooner than later. But obviously health is the number one concern right now.
0: Yeah, as a guy who plays, you talk about playing with your hair on fire. One thing you can say about Caleb McGarry, when he is on the field, he plays with immense amounts of effort, which makes it scarier. Uh, that he is having heart issues. So, Nikhil Harry, last pick of the first round and the last guy we're going to talk about tonight. Man, the pass offense with Harry could be scary. It's way too easy for me, Sarah. I'm serious, (laughs) man. It's way too easy at this point. Uh, But with Josh Gordon getting reinstated and Edelman presumably healthy now coming off the IR, Tommy finally has a handful of weapons, man. I mean, used to it was all relied on, you know, what Rob Gronkowski was going to do, but now they've got a couple of physical guys that are going to be prepared to make an impact this season. And, you know, we talked about the undrafted rookie right there, Jacoby Myers, making a potential impact this year as well. So got a, a stable of weapons there in New England. So that's, that's what we got for tonight, Sarah. I'll let you go with you hate to see it. Uh, Because I'll be 100% honest, I totally forgot mine. So I'm going to go find it. Go
2: ahead. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. So you hate to see it. If you're an offensive lineman, if you're a left tackle specifically, you're going to be very, very – discouraged by what you've seen from Bradley Chubb tonight in the Denver Broncos preseason game against the San Francisco 49ers. If you need to get the horn ready, get it ready. But Bradley Chubb, I'm telling you right now what he showed tonight, we're looking at a defensive MVP candidate in year two. This dude, I don't even, I mean, we saw flashes of it last year. We saw even really good stretches of play from him last year, but what we saw tonight against Joe Staley a very good veteran left tackle in the NFL. We just saw Bradley Chubb moving him around like he wasn't even there, um, like it was a, a practice dummy or you know one of those um, one of those clowns you could punch and they bounce right back up off the ground. You know those those weighted little inflatable things. I I, I think that what we've seen from Bradley Chubb is going to give offensive linemen nightmares, and you just hate to see it if you're a left tackle because this guy opposite von miller he's going to get lots of one-on-one looks and and you're not going to be able to chip him every play because von miller is going to be on the other side so you give bradley chubb a one-on-one opportunity and you're going to hate to see it the next day if you're an offensive coach if you're an offensive line coach if you are uh an offensive tackle or if you're playing the broncos in the coming week so man he looked like a force to be reckoned with you hate to see it if you're an opposing left tackle (laughs) <laughs> horn, uh, i was horn. excited for Getting it to go
0: run it down uh yeah but my you hate to see it Sarah, it is you know we we've had a you hate to see it revolving around antonio brown seemingly for the last four weeks but you hate to see it or uh, just news just broke antonio brown files a second grievance against the nfl over his helmet issues so he's gonna fight this thing as long as he possibly can. He's claiming in this second grievance there that uh, the NFL effort to wear uh, his shut air advantage, um, he apparently is claiming that he didn't have the same one year grace period other players had with their eight outdated helmets because the shut air advantage was only banned this year. So uh, he was like, like I said at walkthroughs today, with the uh, Oakland Raiders, but he is filing a second grievance. So he's going to fully exhaust all of his options here. Uh, You just hate to see it, man. It's kind of expected. We knew, you know, you sign up for Antonio Brown services, you better sign up for the circus that comes with the services. So you hate to see it if you're an Oakland Raiders fan, but I guarantee you Pittsburgh Steelers fans are, you know, if they're the ones that thought it was a bad decision to let Antonio Brown walk for a third and a fifth round pick, even though he's, you know, a top three receiver in the NFL, you hate to see that it's causing all of the drama and all of the, you know, distractions that it was causing in Pittsburgh as well as last year. So you hate to see it. Sarah, send the folks out, buddy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we thank you all for watching, for, or for listening, and not, rather. Um, you might be watching if you're on, on the webpage on, on NFLMocs.com. Uh, you might be watching the little thing scroll from left to right, just just waiting for this podcast to be done. But here I am, still talking, and you're waiting for that just to click down to the very end to see if there's something special that we're going to offer you or or something like that. But uh, but we're not. All we're going to offer you is an opportunity, and that opportunity is to go into Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spreaker and give us a review, give us uh, give us some feedback, let us know how we're doing, let us know if you like the podcast. And, and we know that you like it by doing that, uh, and we appreciate that. We really do because it helps us get better placement, helps us get more uh, more opportunities to rise up the charts, and, and that's ultimately what we want. That's our goal, and uh, it's it's only to bring you the best possible coverage. So we appreciate you, the listener, for hanging around, and we're excited for uh, what's to come in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, FYI, we'll send you out with this fun little note. It's a Daniel Jones Advocated, advocated podcast here Daniel Jones only being drafted In 2.5% of ESPN Fantasy Football Leagues Go get the rookie quarterback Watch him make plays And root for him like we will be all season mm. Because that's what we're doing here on the NFL mocks. We're hopping on the Dan Wagon If you will yeah. um, But that's what it's going to be for tonight Nothing but corny and cheesy one-liners From me and great information From Sarah as always Buddy I appreciate you for joining us are joining me as we always do here on Monday and Thursday nights. I'll see you Thursday. Listeners, we'll see you Friday morning.